good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. Guys, uh, the summertime's usually pretty calm and quiet. We were able to get outdoors, enjoy the uh, weather here in Portland, yeah. and you know, not really think about basketball. But my goodness. It's been an odd week. We're thinking about basketball and we're getting tornadoes. What a, what a week. <laughs> Neil Shea is a straight-up liar. Yeah. <laughs> he said there were going to be no fireworks. What's up with that? No, it's good. I'd much rather, he, he I'd much rather there be yeah. fireworks than none. Now but. we have to start asking for a definition when it comes to fireworks. What exactly is well, fireworks? Well, he did say no fireworks on July 1st. Yeah. And I guess yeah. technically, you know, Rodney Hood and who else did they sign on on the first day of free agency? Hazonia, right? Oh, yeah, and Hazonia. Those, those aren't fireworks. So. No. So I guess he's not a not a liar. I guess for Portland standards, these are this is fireworks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I absolutely. Mean, the amount of action we're used to around here. Well, I mean, this is a team that is, or an organization that is very much stay with the flow, yep. chemistry, guys in house, internal development, all Continuity. that, and all of that. This off season, they obviously it just shows the urgency right now in the Western Conference that even the Blazers are making all these moves because they see the window open. At least for me personally, I was thinking trade deadline, you know, sure. sometime during the season we'd see a move like this. Uh, instead, uh, Neil O'Shea waits till July 2nd. <laughs> to get oh, it. he didn't waste any time. Yeah, he didn't waste I mean, any time. I so. mean, one of the questions uh, we asked, welcome back to the podcast, by the way. Yes, good to be back, man. Good to be back. One of the questions we asked last week uh, was, when do we expect another, you know, yeah. bigger trade or anything mm -hmm. in me, Jared, and Max all said no. We all wait, pushed it down the road. Wait, wait for the yeah. trade deadline. And while Hassan Whiteside isn't necessarily the type of player we were exactly talking about mm -hmm. in that conversation, I don't think any of us foresaw getting a player of his talent before the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. I think he is just not at the position we were thinking. Mm -hmm. I think that you were thinking a player of his caliber at small forward or power forward, not a center. I know within the Blazers and around the media and stuff, we had heard a lot of rumblings about, hey, the Blazers are trying to deal Maurice Harkless. They're trying to, to package something with Myers Leonard. And so to see Olshay and the Blazers pull the trigger, to get back to your point, it shows that the window is right now. Yeah. It, it's time to pounce. Yeah. And they didn't want to waste any time with, obviously, they, we had talked about what are they going to do at center mm -hmm. with Yusuf Nurkic out, that, mm -hmm. you know, for at least half the season, 50 games or so. What are they going to do? They can't just sit aside and wait for him to come back. You can't just waste a right. year. Mm -hmm. You can't waste this season. And obviously the Blazers in the front office saw that as well and said, we're not going to. Mm -hmm. We're going to take care of this right now. And now Ennis Cantor is gone. Yep. You know Seth Curry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the, the players. Al Farouk Aminu is gone. So, I mean, you're talking about a, a perennial starter for Terry Stotts uh, is is now with the Magic. So we've had a lot of a change, lot of turnover. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So, you guys know the drill. There's three of us. There's three questions. So there's three answers. You can catch them on KGW.com. Jared has put together some really good stuff there. Uh, not only our answers, but just. Keeping up with everything that's going on, uh, press conference-wise, sound bites-wise, providing some context for a lot of the newcomers, the guys that are leaving. So it's just a, a the complete package there. Please check out KGW.com. My answers are very good, <laughs> but I will say Jared's work is a little bit better. Uh, yeah, I mean we're so used to your answers, though. Yeah, I, mean. I know, Jared. There you go. Yeah, that was very nice. Cred. They're one There's of a, a little kind. bit of you know your normal. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't let your guard down. No, no, don't a little do bit it, of bragging, but then you were nice, and yeah, I appreciate that. A compliment your yeah, way. Nice. No, it go check feels, it out. It's it good feels stuff. good. So let's get back to, to talking about that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Get shook again. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Hassan Whiteside's fit in Portland? Are you concerned about his reputation and any potential impact he could have on the Blazers' culture? Nate, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I just kind of touched on this a little bit, but for this season, I think it's a great move for Portland. Like I said, you couldn't just sit around and wait for Yusuf Nurkic to get back and then hope the minute he returns he's the player he was before he got hurt because that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so you had to address the center position. You couldn't trust a combination of Zach Collins or Myers Leonard to fill those minutes consistently. And so you had to go out and address it, whether it was in free agency with a veteran maybe that you could get with the mid-level tax exception or a veteran at the veteran minimum, or you do it this way mm -hmm. via trade. And Hassan Whiteside is certainly a better player than I think any of us foresaw starting at center at the start of the season for mm -hmm. the Blazers. So for one year, I think this is a great move. And all he's got is one year left on his deal. Um, in terms of what you gave up, I mean, you gave up Myers Leonard, an uh, inconsistent backup center, and Maurice Harkless, an inconsistent starting forward, maybe backup forward for some other teams. So you gave up two inconsistent guys to get a guy whose potential, who is a very good player as is, but his potential is even higher than what he has shown throughout his career so far. Um, in terms of the concerns mm -hmm. about him, I think those are completely valid. Um, I mean, it's odd to say for a player who's 30 years old, which Hassan <laughs> Whiteside is, that he may not have reached his potential yet. You know, 30, you're in the middle of your prime, if not yeah. towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason for that. And so I think some of the concerns about uh, lack of motivation, being a bad locker room type guy, I think those are valid. But considering that he's probably only going to be here one year and that if things do go, if for whatever reason he is just a terrible influence on this year's team, you still can try to move him mm -hmm. at the deadline because exactly. he is an expiring contract. I mean, the risk of how you know, of the bad influence he could be, it's, you know, it's far better to take that risk because of the upside he does provide you. Mm -hmm. And so for one season, I think it's a great move for Portland. I'm with you. I think that it is a legitimate concern or yeah. at least something to keep in mind, uh, mostly because the team has kind of prided itself, and that's been one of the key elements that people maybe don't talk about outside of Portland, was just how well this team was in sync together, the chemistry mm -hmm. and uh, the locker room culture, I guess yeah. is the best way I can describe it, uh, for this team. I mean, it was a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, you didn't have a lot of egos in there when one guy stepped up. Um, you still had guys cheering on the bench and, and waving the towels. It wasn't like guys wanted to get theirs if it wasn't happening. You know, if Evan Turner came off the bench and had a triple-double, uh, it was awesome. And yeah. you had other guys cheering him on and and had, from the bench. And you had Evan Turner, who was making $17 million a year, mm -hmm. willing to come off the bench right. and have his role reduced, too. Right. And so that's probably my greatest concern. And it's not just with Hassan Whiteside. It's with all of the change that's yeah. gone on. I mean, you're you're mixing it up a that's little a bit. Point. So you have six different players, you know, six players that are now gone that w were in that locker room last year. So... Short term, I'm concerned about it. Long term, let's remember who's in charge of that locker room yeah. and Damian Lillard. Yeah. And you're either going to follow suit and roll with this or you're out. And I mean, CJ McCollum on Twitter, you know, 
already instilled that. He said, yeah. put on your hard hat. We yeah. have work to do. That's mm -hmm. a nice way of saying mm -hmm. we're not going to put up with anything. Mm -hmm. We're here to go and win a championship, and you're either with us, mm -hmm. and you're not going to stop us from on that goal. And with Whiteside, I got a lot of comments on social media about, oh, get, re get ready, uh, yeah. Portland. Like, this is a selfish dude. He only cares about himself. Like, the, a lot of people had, had an opinion, a negative opinion about him, but I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt here as he comes in and say all right let's see what he can do um you know it's a clean slate a breath of fresh air you're coming into a, a, a different situation yep. um with a team that's winning right now and he's um, on, with and, leaders and if he is selfish he is on a contract years yes. this is arguably the yes. season before his last big payday mm -hmm. of his career potentially um, so if he is if he yes. is as selfish as they say mm -hmm. even if he's just looking out for himself he still has a lot to gain by playing well this With year. With that alone, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. And Jared, I know you tweeted about this. We're going to give you your chance on this topic, but everyone said brace yourself, or Jared said brace <laughs> yourselves. I got a lot to say about this guy. Um, but I think that's a great point that you tweeted about was this is a contract year for yep. him. So if he's motivated by that, so be it. And uh, I can't remember who, who wrote about him, um, but maybe it was Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh had said, uh, something like, oh, you want to be Defensive Player of the Year. It was Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh yeah. had said that, oh, you want to be Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to bring this up later yeah. you know, to keep you motivated and accountable for things like that. And that's what you're going to get out of Damian Willard yeah. as well, is he's going to be there to, to check a dude like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to talk about his reputation uh, quite a bit, but let's talk about Whiteside and his fit with this team first. Mm -hmm. First of all, this guy is huge. He's got a seven foot seven wingspan. I was gonna say, here comes the wingspan conversation <laughs> again. Seven foot seven, yeah. and his standing reach is nine feet five inches. Oh man! I mean, this this guy's a beast. Um, he's in the past four seasons. One time he led the league in rebounds. One time he led the league in blocks. He played about twenty eight minutes per game over the past four seasons in Miami. I think he's gonna play more in Portland, at least until Yusuf Nurkic gets healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to throw as many minutes at him as he can handle. Oh, yeah. I could see him playing 32, 34, 36. Mm -hmm. you know, I think he can. And that makes his per 36 stats super interesting. Over the past four seasons, 19 points, 16 rebounds, three blocks per 36 minutes. Last season, which was you know, apparently his worst season, if you ask Miami Heat fans, 19 points, 18 rebounds, 3 blocks per 36 minutes. This guy, at least stat-wise, is phenomenal. Unbelievable. He's a really, really good fit for Stott's defense, where you drop the center back, you play a conservative defensive scheme, and let the center just erase everything that comes at the rim to incentivize teams to take mid-range shots, which are less effective. So there has been talk about him in the past being, you know, a stats guy who, who pursues his own stats, who will go after blocks instead of playing sound fundamental defense. And in the past, you could see in advanced analytics, you could see that a little bit because, his, you know, teams would shoot better at the rim against him. His block rate was really high, but it, it didn't all come together. But last season, it did. Last season, his block rate was 61%. And that was one of the best in the NBA. You compare that to Rudy Gobert at 60% and Anthony Davis at 59%. He's right up there with the elite shot blockers in the league. Yusuf Nurkic's block rate is 45%. 
the top block rate on the Blazers of anyone who actually played was Zach Collins at 51%. So he's already got that. But then he held players to 51% from the field in the restricted and the paint area. And Rudy Gobert was at 51% as well. He was better than Anthony Davis at 56%. Mm. And Yusuf Nurkic was right there. We know he's a really good paint defender at 53%. So defensively, he's a great fit. On offense, last season, there's been complaints about him not setting good screens, not being a good role man in the pick and roll. But last season, he was in the 85th percentile in points per possession as a role man on the pick and roll, which when you pair that with Damian Lillard, that's a perfect fit because he's one of the best pick and roll guards in the NBA. So just looking at him, aside from his reputation, this guy's a phenomenal fit for what Portland wants to do. And I think he's going to have a monster season in Portland, getting all the minutes he wants. And that has, that's, whenever he's been upset, that's what it's been about. You know, stat chaser, lazy, bad defensive fundamentals, complains when things don't go his way. All those things are true. He has done all of those things in the past. Two seasons ago, he was fined by the team because... He went off about his lack of playing time to the media. He dropped, I think, six curse words in like 20 seconds. <laughs> um, you can <laughs> probably go find it on YouTube if you want. But this season, it's different. I went and read several articles in the Miami Herald about him this season. And he didn't complain publicly once, all season long. It's a high bar we're setting here. Well, it is for him. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I for don't. him, because it shows a difference. And this was the worst season for him. Yeah. His minutes dropped to 23 per game, which was the least minutes he's played in Miami since he in the past five seasons. And late in the season, he not only lost his starting position to Bam Adebayo, he also, his minutes dropped to like 16 or 17 per game, mm-hmm. which is crazy considering this guy's talent. Yeah. And he didn't complain about it, not once. And also, you had reporters, coaches, teammates, all praising his maturity this past season, that he was being more of a team player. He was, he was caring about things like setting better screens to free up guards, which is something that he would always leave on the screen early because he wanted to get the ball. He was uh, working on things like, like team defensive fundamentals. He was a better team defender this year. And so for me, his reputation is earned, but he showed signs last season of maturity. He showed signs that he wanted... To, to be different. He wanted to be a better teammate. And so you compare that or you take that and then you add that to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and mm-hmm. Terry Stotts and the culture that already exists in Portland. You add that to the fact that he's put in a contract season. He wants to get that big contract next season. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be, one, playing to the best of his ability and he's going to be on his best behavior. Yeah. Going back to him complaining about losing minutes. This guy was signed to a max contract four seasons ago in Miami. The first two seasons, he was great, and he was playing a lot of minutes. And then all of a sudden, he started losing minutes. Last season, and then real, or two seasons ago, and then really a lot last season. Compare that to someone like C.J. McCollum. Not an all-star, but a really good player, kind of like Hassan Whiteside. Imagine if next season, all of a sudden, C.J. goes from playing the 34 minutes a game he's playing now to 25, 26 minutes a game. And then the season after that, he loses his starting position to, you know, a second-year player or something and gets down not only to playing 23 minutes a game, but late in the season, something like 16 or 17 minutes. If CJ complained about that, if he wasn't a happy camper, I wouldn't blame him. It's understandable. So I'm completely on board with Hassan Whiteside. I think that he's going to be 
great in Portland, and I don't think we need to worry about his reputation. So you brought up his per 36 and how good they were last year and how they've pretty much been as good as they've ever been yeah. or matched them. So then why, I mean, we, we didn't pay that close attention yeah. to the Heat last year. No one outside Miami did. Um, but why then, if he is as talented and showed the maturity level that you just laid out, why was he benched? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he was benched per se. I mean, there's there's talk about how the Heat are worse defensively with him on the floor than when he's on the bench, and that is true. But that's also when people say that it's misleading, because they're still really good defensively with him on the court. It's just they were a little bit better with Bam at Avio on the court because he's a really good defensive center, and he's a little bit more mobile and can switch out on on the perimeter, which which Hassan Whiteside does not do as well, but that's also not as important in Portland's defensive scheme. So I was looking at at some of the lineups mm -hmm. to just see what happened last season. And it's interesting because it seems like, you know, the most used lineup for the Heat was Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, Josh Richardson, Kelly Olenek, and I'm sorry, this is the second most lineup, and Bam Adebayo. And they had a plus 14 net rating and a 109.3 defensive rating. That was the second most used of, uh, lineup. When you have that same exact lineup, but then you plug Hassan Whiteside in, and, and it was used less, but they had an 84.9 defensive rating. And then the most used lineup was the starting lineup with Whiteside, Winslow, Richardson, Roddy Magruder, and James Johnson. And they had a 107 uh, defensive rating, and they weren't a very good offensive squad. So they were negative 3.7 net rating. When you had that same unit with Adebayo instead of Hassan Whiteside, it was they played much less frequently together, but their defensive rating was 128. So I think it was kind of a product of they found some lineups that worked with Adebayo that did not include some of these starters. And they started playing those a lot more late in the season, and they were more effective on offense and, and good on defense. But I don't think Whiteside was ever given the opportunity to play in these different lineups and succeed. And I mean, that's the best I could yeah. figure out looking at the lineup data without being there and, and knowing exactly what was going on. But I think they just chose Adebayo. Yeah. And well, I just had to bring it up because sure. you know you're painting this great picture of him last season, but there is a reason, whether it's known publicly or not, why Spolstra and the Heat organization decided to start Bam. Yeah. at the end of the season instead mm -hmm. of Whiteside. So for that, it's a little bit concerning, and that's one of the reasons we have concerns about us on Whiteside. But a very good player, and as Jared pointed out, mm -hmm. there's a ton of upside with him if you get him at his best. Good fit? Uh, we'll find out, but I'm for, for the move, the move is a good move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great fit. I, I know that Max has... Yeah, I just wanted to, going back to what Jared was saying, one knock on Whiteside is that he's been known to chase blocks and leave his man open on the weak side for layups. Mm. So that goes back to kind of the stat chasing aspect that you were talking about. Right. Yeah. Number two, yeah. looking at the Blazers off season so far as a whole, they added Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, Mario Hazania, Nasir Little. They lost Al Fru Camino, Maurice Harkless, and his canter, Evan Turner, <laughs> Seth Curry. It's a lot of names there. Yes. Get your breath, sir. What grade would you give Neil Olshay and the Blazers front office for the moves they've made, Nate? 
Uh, I'd give them an A minus, you know, uh, mm. kind of like how I gave the Blazer season an A minus, and I took a lot of heat for that you for some reason. Deservedly so, yeah. man. No, I'd give them, a, I'd give them an A minus because I mean there were a lot of concerns going into this off season because of the fact we all pretty much thought they were going to lose, you know, at least a couple valuable pieces to last year's team, mm-hmm. and we didn't know how they would be able to try to fill those shoes with such limited financial capabilities. So one of the questions going off season, how are they going to address shooting outside of C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard? Mm -hmm. Well, you trade Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore, you trade a non-shooter for a shooter, and to the surprise of many, they're able to bring back Rodney Hood on the mid-level tax exception. Mm -hmm. There's your addressing the shooting. Center, what are they going to do with Yusuf Nurkic out for a while? Well, we just talked about it. They mm-hmm. trade for Hassan Whiteside, who has huge upside on this roster. They maintain financial flexibility still yep. for next offseason, mm-hmm. which is important. And this team, considering all the players they've lost, we still feel really good about this team next year, And which is hard to say considering going into it, like we said, they had no money. Holes. They had no yeah. money. They had yep. a bunch of key players losing, and yet we still feel really good about this team. Mm-hmm. And some people think they're better than the team that finished last season. And so, it, to even have that conversation, Neil Olshay deserves a ton of credit. I, the only reason I'm not giving him an A is because I don't feel I, if he had got like a big time star three or four player, which probably wasn't available mm-hmm. to him, I would have given that an A. But otherwise, an A-minus will do just fine for the Blazers this offseason. He's been really good. I was grading on a tougher scale this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think I I 100% agree. Uh, They had an interesting job this offseason to fill the amount of holes they had with expiring contracts. You know, landing the 25th pick... Uh, and getting little at 25. I didn't I mean, even bring that up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, it involves a little bit of luck, but also you have to be willing to attack and willing to let guys go yeah. um, as you're trying to make move to improve your team. And really the only thing that, that was holding me back, because if this was based on just the Blazers' scale in comparison <laughs> to years of the past, yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is an A+. Plus. Right. You know? But in terms of, you know, the rest of the league, I think this is it's good. Um uh, Neil Olshade deserves a lot of credit for it. I think this is in that B-plus range. And it's mainly because, well, you didn't get that big name, but yeah. really, were you able to? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, I mean, Whiteside seems like it should be a nice piece. And yeah. for what you gave up were two players that I think um, Rip City had a certain way of feeling about. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's all good. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So I gave an A. Mm-hmm. Woo! But I was thinking... I know you say an A-plus isn't a real grade. It's not a real grade. I know, fine, but it is to me. So I, I was holding <laughs> So are you an giving him an A-plus? No, no, oh, no, okay. no. My, and so I think I, I'm giving him an A, but it wasn't like a top grade in my mind. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of going my way here. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel the same way as, as both of you. I think when you look at the trades they made, I think Whiteside and Bazemore are both better players, and they fit Portland's needs better mm-hmm. than Myers Leonard, Maurice Harkless, and Evan Turner. Yes. Um, I think that... To be able to make those trades and not give up any other assets was huge. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, it maintains financial flexibility. I mean, they have expiring contracts still. And I think that these expiring contracts are probably more valuable and more attractive to other teams than the expiring contracts that they traded away. So if a superstar does come available at the deadline, 
they have the pieces to go get them because they still have all of their first-round draft picks, mm -hmm. they still have all of their young talent, and they have expiring contracts. And they, like you said, they address needs. They went and got 3 and D wings. How long have we been <laughs> clamoring for right. 3 and D wings yeah. on this team? And they got them. They went and got outside shooting. They got veteran leadership. I think that I can't complain about anything that they've done this mm -hmm. offseason. I, I think you're right. If a, if a superstar forward was out there and they didn't get him, yeah, yeah you know, knock him down a notch. But I don't think, one, I don't think a superstar yeah. forward was out there no. yet. Mm -hmm. But I think one will be. Yeah. And they have the pieces still to go make that trade when it when we, it presents I mean, itself. Whiteside wasn't out there really. I mean, yeah. we weren't we weren't talking about. We Whiteside. didn't know he was exactly. Yeah. So how do we not know that there wasn't? True. You know? Yeah, but, absolutely. But if that type of player wasn't out there, the Blazers, as Jared pointed out, are still in a great position mm -hmm. to when he becomes available, yeah. Yeah. they can pounce if they so choose. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. which is to maintain that flexibility. And improve and keep the roster or improve it, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team I think we all feel can maintain what happened last year and potentially build off of that. Yeah. And so to be able to do that without giving up any major future pieces is pretty remarkable. Right. And when I think remarkable, it was the, the Rodney Hood deal. Yeah. When that went down, I was like, whoa. That was really surprising. Not what I expected. I thought that he could have chased more money. And it yeah. says a lot about Portland and uh, the franchise in general that he was willing to do that and stay here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, I guess I was on that, he could, you could get him for the middle yeah, of the reception right. until mm -hmm. Neil Olshay yeah. duped me last week <laughs> and made it sound like he was gone, and I kind of <laughs> got off that train a little bit. But, no, that was, that was the first piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. during this whole free agency thing where you thought, maybe the Blazers are going to come out okay mm -hmm. with yeah. all this. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a moment for yeah. me where I was like, all right, Time to back off and be le a little less critical. Yeah. Do you have a grade for us, Max? I think you guys all made great points. Um, F. <laughs> <laughs> sure. A. A. Yeah. Go. yeah. I think just think they're in a g very good position for now and for flexibility in the future, yeah. if need be. Yeah. All right. Question number three. Nate, you started to touch on this a little bit. Are the Blazers a better team today than they were at the end of the season? Jared, I'll let you take that one, man. So last year's team was great, much better than any of us expected. They advanced to the Western Conference Finals, but they had weaknesses that they couldn't overcome in order to reach their ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. This year's team has, I think, like as the roster is right now, there are a lot of question marks. There are a lot of ifs. Um, will Zach Collins emerge? Will Hassan Whiteside behave? <laughs> will Anthony <laughs> Simons prove that he's ready for a larger role? Will Kent Bazemore bounce back from what was a little bit of a subpar season last year in Atlanta? Will Mario Hazonia ever live up to his potential? Will Anthony Tolliver prove that he has another good season left in him at age 34? The thing that, even though there are a lot of questions, a lot of ifs, I feel good about the answers to most, if not all, of those questions looking forward. I think this team has immense potential. I think if everything falls right, they can make the NBA Finals. And I couldn't have said that, and I didn't ever say that or think that, about last year's team, as good as they were. It's a little bit of a different scale, though, right? I don't know, because we don't know what Kawhi Leonard is going to do. That's true. If he goes to the Lakers, that team is just as and, formidable as the Warriors were. And if he went to the Lakers in this hypothetical, you think this Blazers team could potentially beat that Lakers team? I would still pick the Lakers as a favorite with those three players. Okay. But I still think this team, especially looking at the flexibility they still have to 
potentially add another star. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I, th I still think I'd put them in title or NBA Finals contention. Yeah, yeah. And I was never there with last year's team. Mm -hmm. As good as they were, I was never there. And so because of that, I do think this team right now, this roster is better than the roster at the end of last season. And also, Yusuf Nurk, Nurkic is coming back at some yeah. point. Well, but that's not the question, though. The no, question not, is, was not. the roster at the end of last season, and the, comparing the roster at the end of last season and the roster we currently have right, right now, now at the start of the season for the Blazers, which is better? And this is really close for me, too. Yeah. I went back and forth on this, but I'm going to say last year's team, that roster was slightly better than what we have right now for the Blazers. And... For me, I just have questions about the starting four and five on this yeah. Blazers group. Mm -hmm. I mean, say what you want about Ennis Cantor and Al Farouk Aminu and their limitations, but at least in the regular season, you pretty much knew what you were going to get on a night-in, night-out basis from those guys. With Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside, I'm not so sure you can say the same right now. As yeah. Jared brought up, one of his questions, and it could be, it could be the biggest question, going into the season for the Blazers, is Zach Collins ready to emerge? Is yeah. he ready to be an NBA starter? I mean, that question could decide, uh, will have a big impact on how good the Blazers will be this upcoming season. If he's not up to it, they're going to have, I mean, they're already thin right now yeah. in terms of depth, at four and five. If he's mm -hmm. not up to the challenge of being the starting four, it's going to be even tougher for the Blazers. And then we talked about the concerns with Hassan Whiteside earlier. Um, and I just, before I'm able to say that I think this team is better than last year's team, I need to see it from those guys first. And depth is an issue for this year's group yes. more so than last year's team. Last year's group was a little more deeper than what we currently have. With that said, while right now I would put last year's roster ahead of this one, I think this year's roster has more potential it has a bigger, higher ceiling than last year's team because of the limitations of Ennis Cancer and Al Farouk Aminu and Evan Turner and Maurice Harkless and Myers Leonard. Because of all those guys' limitations, that team can only reach so high, yeah. and they, we probably saw it last year in the Western Conference Finals. This year's team, if all goes right with Hassan Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, if all goes right for all those guys, mm -hmm. Portland is going to be in the hunt to win the Western Conference, yeah. mm -hmm. as Jared said. And so this, I think this team does have a higher ceiling, but right now I just need to see a little bit before I'm ready to say this roster is better than the one that the Blazers finished the season with. The way I answered it was um, I, I said just based on, on what it looks like right now, Yes, in theory, they should be. But we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree. You look at, at uh, just going kind of head-to-head, yeah. you know, based on Bazemore versus Turner. Yeah. All right, point here. You know, whether it's uh, Cantor or Whiteside, point there. And when I was going down the list of new guys versus old guys, I'm like, the new guys seem to be more talented, unless you ask Evan Turner on Twitter, uh, who says he, they would take him. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... It, I'm it, with you, E.T. It, it's hard. It's, there's something to be said about the chemistry and everything yeah. that they had going for yeah. them. Uh, they just fit, and uh, that's the biggest question uh, with these new members of the team. How well will they come together? How soon will it take? Yeah. Uh, you know... And how good will the rest of the Western Conference be? I mean, yeah. that's the other thing is what I meant when I challenged Jared earlier about how he said the Bla he 
this year he feels the Blazers could make the finals and he never felt that way last year. What I meant was because no one outside of maybe the Rockets or Warriors thought they could get to the finals last year out yeah. of the West because mm -hmm. the Warriors had Kevin Durant. Now that he is not on the Warriors, and depending on what Kawhi Leonard does, if he goes to the Lakers, then obviously that changes the landscape even more. But if he doesn't, there's it's all wide bets open. are off. Yeah, man. it's wide open and league wide, not just in the Western yeah. Conference. You could make an argument if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers or stays with the Raptors. There are ten teams who legitimately believe and have a reason to believe they could win the NBA championship this upcoming season. Yeah, and the Blazers are one of them. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have that last year. Oh, hell no. And so the Blazers, they're right there in the hunt. And like I said, I think the ceiling is higher for them. Mm -hmm. Max. You guys aren't going to like my answer. No? <laughs> Completely Are, unclear. Talk, oh, to me, completely talk, to me in, talk to me in 25 games. Oh, 25 games. Yeah. Man. The, no. I think that was kind of all of our answer, though, even though we, we yeah. did come down we, on one side or the other. Yeah. It was all, there are question marks with this roster. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's, there's no doubt there are question marks. And I, th I think there's a wider range of outcomes for this team than maybe there was for last <laughs> season's team. Yeah. This team could be a championship team or they could fall apart. Yeah. I don't think they will because of Damian Lillard, but that possibility is there. I do agree about the potential uh, with Nate. I just think it, the ceiling is higher. Yeah. But mm -hmm. you got to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that we're even having this conversation, though, given what the Blazers were up against in terms of free agency. Like I said earlier, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, they lost, what they've lost in the end is they lost two starters, and as Cantor and Alfred Camino, and they lost their best three, three starters. Parkless and Harkless, yeah. mm -hmm. three starters. And they lost their best shooter in Seth Curry mm -hmm. yeah. off the bench. And they only had a mid-level taxpayer exception and trades in order to kind of make this roster be the same. And they've figured out a way to have this conversation, which is why we gave Neil Olshay all high grades earlier. Yeah, to be able to sign Hood to that contract, yeah. to basically do a swap with Evan Turner. Yeah. I don't think you would have called that. No. no. Just a, a straight-up trade. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to your point, credit where credit's due. Yeah. They've put themselves in position to either ride with this team, which is pretty darn good, yeah. or be in position to make a move in a few months. And this year's team has the benefit that last year's team didn't have. Last year's team didn't have Yusuf Nurkic coming back at any right. point. Right. This year's team, I mean, we the talk about... The ultimate mid-season yeah, addition. And we talk Without about, a doubt. And we talk about, you know, you want to be your best at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. right. And so while this roster, if it isn't as good at the beginning of the season as the Blazers were at the end of last year, that's going to be okay. This is going right. to be a development and a process for this big new group of guys. And if they find chemistry together, then you have Yusuf Nurkic coming out in the back end who will undoubtedly contribute in some shape or form. And we've had this discussion before. I just think it's, you can't be an eight seed. No. You know, you, no. you can't be a seven seed. You know, if you're still trying to figure this stuff out, Although you still want to be in, in the in this pack. West, maybe you can. You think so? Yeah. I mean, it, everyone's going to be trying Kawhi to. Unless goes to the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would make them a clear favorite. But if he doesn't, I mean, I, I think Utah is really, really good. Yeah, they are. I, but I, I still don't think you. it's going to be hard to pick the favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that there will be, the, the West is going to be just as deep mm -hmm. as it was it's last gonna, season. It's going to be deeper. You just, yeah, yeah, deeper. Not you as much top as have that, yeah, that top team at the, mm -hmm. right at, you know, that's above everybody else. But while the Blazers may have issues at the beginning of the year with chemistry and trying to figure out pretty much every team in the West outside of Denver and 
Houston, maybe, are going to be having those same. And Oklahoma San City. Antonio. Mm-hmm. San, well, San Antonio's got Murray coming back, so True. they got something to get yeah. used to as well. All these teams are kind of in the same mold mm-hmm. because they've all made these moves these off, this yeah. offseason. I love it, guys. I didn't think we'd be uh, having this type of conversation this soon. Yeah, neither did uh, I. It makes the offseason so much fun. Uh, this was a really good time to tip off free agency. Yeah. I mean, I did not think that we were going into what was going to be the most entertaining offseason oh. in Portland in, I don't know, since Greg Oden was I, drafted number one. I, I thought we'd just be, I thought we'd be looking at a Blazers team that was just trying to stay afloat until right. Yusuf Nurkish got back and the trade deadline came yep. around. Instead, they were aggressive, and now they have a team that has re-energized the fan base. It was funny. Uh, we, we heard from s- different players already this week, whether it was Summer League or just getting a chance to hear from, like, Hazania and uh, Tolliver. But uh, even even Scalavi Sierra today was saying, <laughs> I don't know if it's over. Like, you know, in terms of all the action and yeah. movement, he's just going day by day with this stuff because you never know. The Blazers could be well, could still well, have something. He, they still have Jake Lehman, who's a restricted free agent, and we don't know what's going to happen with that. And they still have one open roster spot. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they're... I think they're probably close to done, but mm-hmm. not totally done yet. And Scal's got something to focus on right now, anyways. He's got summer league to yeah, work Yeah, but he's in. hurt. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. That news broke today. Oh. He he got hurt uh, in minicamp a couple of weeks ago and isn't sure if he'll play in summer league. Yeah, oh, he's, he's that, still working through that's his That's bummer. a hit to that uh, defending yeah, summer league title. It's going to be tough right? with that yeah. championship. Yeah. 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 I mean, Anthony Simon as well knows is going to be the MVP. Or well, at least he sure. better be with the way they're hyping him up. Uh, <laughs> you already have him in the All-Star game this year. I, I <laughs> and not just in the dunk contest. I, I'm pretty sure I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things I've said, I'm pretty sure that has not come out of my mouth. <laughs> Finals MVP, Anthony Simons, right here, guys. Someday. Somehow. <laughs> Someday, right. All right, guys. Uh, make sure to check out Jared's work on KGW.com. Uh, make sure to leave us our reviews with the podcast. It helps other people find us. Um, And we will see you guys soon. Yeah, subscribe so that you uh, know when the next one comes up here. Yep. See you next time.